0: but mostly dead from Simon's Tavern in Andersonville in Chicago. You're listening to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium, where your hosts, Herzovi and Green, sharing their talent with us again are our very own Freaks of the Frightful.
1: Miss Kitten. And? Joy Thorbjornson Coates.
0: Small Fish Radio Theater, providing portable theater for the ear, is here to give voice to emerging playwrights, poets,
2: storytellers, and musicians.
0: Tonight, Small Fish Radio
3: presents a live recording of their latest podcast, A Gathering of Spirits.
2: What was that? Oh, you haven't met her yet? (laughs) Have you? (laughs) Uh, met who?
1: Oh, you will! And a big thanks to Scott Martin here at Simon, Simon's Tavern of Lost Souls. Okay, met who?
0: <laughs> All right, you know, this har- this, this bar is haunted, and it's on the haunted registry, and legend has it that well, uh, back in the day, it was a speakeasy, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a, a bar owner's son and a married woman, there was an affair, <gasps> there was a large circle of friends who went hunting up north, and there was this mural here depicting the deer hunter's ball. And uh, so it has inspired me to write a song. Now, Scott Martin is the expert on this story, and I'm going to take a little liberties, artistic liberties. But uh, hopefully we got the, the gist of the, uh, of the story here in the song. <laughs> He stood in the doorway of his father's speakeasy, a basement no-name club serving Al Capone's whiskey. Wide-eyed and innocent, he learned all too well of illicit affairs and the lies they would tell in the tavern of lost souls. He's immortalized on the wall his portrait in the mural of the deer hunters, all in the tavern of lost souls. Their eyes met across the room, her hand on her husband's arm. She was the belle of the ball. He was mesmerized by her charm. They said it was love at first sight. They were meant to be together. They dare risk it all for a love they thought would last forever in the tavern of lost souls. She was immortalized on the wall, painted in the mural of the deer hunter's ball in the tavern of lost souls. It was a scandal the night she died in his arms Tragic motor car accident out by Miller's farm Some say the husband, he was a jealous man Swore he'd kill her if he found her with another man In the tavern of lost souls, they removed her from the wall cut her portrait out of the mural of the deer hunter's ball now she's a disembodied spirit haunting the bar waiting for her lost love to come who's not very far in the tavern of lost souls he's still immortalized on the wall trapped in the mural of the deer hunter's ball, in the tavern of lost souls, two spirits yearn to be together, to reunite a love they thought would last forever, in the tavern of lost souls.
3: lost in some way, aren't we?
2: Yeah, I blame Google Maps. Odd. How it
1: knows right where you are all the time. It can see your house.
2: And how it nags you to turn when you know where you're going already. And I think it's at least fitting that she's a woman, the voice. Imagine if it was a man trying to give direction.
1: <laughs> if Google Maps was narrated by a man, it would just keep going around in circles.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that's what he meant. I think he means we all get lost from
1: time to time.
2: Speak for yourself. Huh, men. Women usually find the way more quickly.
1: We know where everything is. That's why we leave the hunting to you.
2: Get it? Hunting?
3: <sighs> oh, yeah? Well, here's a story about a woman who lost something. Something really big. Big and irreplaceable. Bring Him Back by Evan Boffman. Evan is an author from Long Beach, California. He likes writing so much that he named his daughter Story. His wife said no to pencil.
2: The woman scribbled down the words that would bring her husband back to her. She had filled a pen with her own blood, and now transcribed an ancient chant from a weathered copy of Julio Smith's critically acclaimed book, Shortcuts for the Sorcerer in You. Two weeks ago, her husband had left their cabin and gone for a hike in the woods. A bloody scrap of his yellow tank top was all that was found of him. Sorry, ma'am, but He most likely was eaten by a bear, the experts had told her. The woman wanted more than anything to hug her husband hard, hug him long, at least one last time, even if he was indeed dead. In fact, she expected him to be dead. The only other explanation was far too difficult for her to believe, that he had run away from her, What she was about to do could only work if his love for her was pure and true. Awash in moonlight, she kissed her wedding ring six times, just as the book instructed. She read aloud the words she wrote slowly and clearly as she could. When she was done, she watched the edge of the woods from the bedroom window. But a minute passed, two, three, Nothing happened. The woman slipped into her favorite dress and studied herself in the mirror, realizing that she needed a little makeup to cover the bags under her eyes. But it also got her thinking. How would her husband look when he eventually came? She imagined a rotting thing full of maggots staggering to her, parts falling off or missing, eaten by scavenging creatures. She went into the living room, switched on the lamp, sat on the couch and waited. One hour passed, two, three, her heart raced. She had heard bloody, tragic stories about what happened when tainted love was forced to live again. She wiped her sweaty palms on the back of her dress and practically ran to the door. She threw it open, ready to take her husband in again, no matter his current state. There was no one there. She gasped. Something tugged at the bottom of her dress. She looked down, and there at her feet was a severed arm, a piece of jagged bone sticking out at its shoulder. Its hand waved to her. It was her husband's left arm. She recognized the scar on the elbow from when he had slipped in the bathtub as a boy. And there was his matching wedding ring on his ring finger. The back of the hand was scratched deeply, and the pinky finger now ended in a bloody stump. What the hell? She hoped the dark gods were listening. All that work for an arm? The woman bent over and grabbed the arm by the wrist. It shook a peace sign at her with its index and middle fingers. I'm not going to hurt you. Let's go see if we can make this work. She carried the arm back into the cabin and closed the front door. Sorry if it's a little chilly in here. She placed the appendage gently onto the couch and went into the bedroom. She threw open the the book of incantations and scanned the page from which she lifted the chant. In small, very small type, next to the asterisk, it read, upon completion of the spell, the wedding bands will be reunited, for it is the promise of taking one's hand in marriage that is most precious. Therefore, anything more than the reunion of the bands is not guaranteed. The woman (sighs) sighed. She opened the closet, rummaged through a box, pulled out her husband's yellow mittens and a red Christmas stocking.
1: I brought mittens. I I guess you only need one. (laughs) And if you get into this stocking, you'll probably be extra toasty.
2: The arm wriggled in approval and crawled into her lap, lifting its hand for her. The wedding band on its bloated ring finger glowed in the lamplight. She quickly slipped a mitten onto the hand and pulled the stocking over the arm stump. The arm climbed from her lap and made a sharp left turn off the couch. It laid sprawled on the floor. It flipped itself over and slithered forward into the leg of a coffee table. Apparently, the mitten had rendered the arm blind. The woman removed the mitten. She (laughs) laughed. The arm raised the middle finger. Now there's no need to be crude. It began to pat the top of her right foot, massaging her just below the arch. Oh, wow. Just like her husband used to do it. And then she felt a pinch. Oh. And with a reflexive kick from her other foot, she sent the arm tumbling. It lay still for a moment, dazed. It stretched its fingers and came back to her feet.
1: No pinching this time.
2: The arm made a circle with its thumb and index finger. Perfect. No problem. It grabbed her foot again and worked its magic.
1: Oh, God, that's great.
2: Another pinch. Harder this time. Sharper. Sharper. She kicked the arm away again. It was no reflexive action. The stocking fell off the arm and the woman glared.
1: If you can't give a decent foot massage, what good are you?
2: No reply, not even a middle finger. Do I need to get a box and bury you deeper into the forest than you've ever been? The arm shot up off the couch and leapt for her. Its hand clamped down upon her mouth. The woman stumbled and dug into the arm with her nails as it tried to wrap around her throat. She lifted it from her face and threw it across the room, knocking the lamp onto its side. Light splashed across one corner of the dark room and stayed there. The woman stood in the darkness, gasping for breath. She had to kill the arm somehow, but the damned limb was fast, and it was on her again, this time stopping at her waist and it began to squeeze. And she couldn't believe how strong it was. It was a thing possessed. She heard and definitely felt a couple of ribs on her left side break as the arm constricted her like a python. She felt the hand at her spine steadying itself. And then she knew she had gotten what she wished for. One last hug from her husband. One last goodbye. Her eyes bulged as she watched her shadow struggle against the wall. The arm squeezed harder, and she let out a banshee Ah! wail. And the front door slammed open, breaking off its hinges. A brown bear sauntered into the cabin. The arm suddenly released its hold and fell to the floor and scrambled away somewhere. The woman stag- staggered. The woman staggered over to the couch, holding her side, trying to catch her breath. Her heart hammered against broken ribs. I, I know you're inside that bear, Bill, but I summoned every part of you here. The animal was silent. Its head was low in her direction. But
1: you have to go. I can't deal with you like this. <laughs>
2: table slamming into the couch flipping the piece of furniture onto its back the bear tumbled along with the couch and thundered into the lamp light in front of the woman uh, the bear pinned the arm beneath one of its paws the appendage wriggled in terror it waved a futile peace sign on it at the beast the bear drooled the woman held a hand over her mouth to stifle her cries A bloody piece of her husband's yellow tank top was stuck between the bear's jagged teeth. The beast's jaws descended over the struggling arm. Bone cracked. The arm lay still. The bear fed. Because of its size, the arm had to be torn apart into smaller pieces. Bill! The bear turned to her. Its eyes were dead black pools. No, her husband wasn't in there. The animal had merely come to finish the meal it had started. Bill must have been tasty. His kisses had always been so sweet. The bear turned from the woman, snorted, picked up what was left of the arm in its jaws, walked around the couch, and strolled back out through the front door into the night. The woman sat in silence for a few moments. She finally let out a long sigh of relief. She was about to stand when she noticed something lying on the floor in front of her. A ring finger, dead, bitten off. And attached to it, her husband's wedding band gleaming in the lamplight.
0: Just goes to show you, the devil's in the fine print.
1: She got what she wanted, in a way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, three cracked ribs.
2: One last hug.
0: I hope she had decent homeowner's insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the bear's
1: head on the wall of the bar? Oh, is that a piece of a yellow tank top? No. No.
2: Ooh, what about that Viking there?
1: Wish he were life size.
2: I bet you do. What about, look at all those dolls, Green. Okay, all right. Them.
0: Uh, no, all no, 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 the... no, don't talk a about the dolls. What about your favorite Enough thing? of the freaking <laughs> dolls, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> all right, our next play, <clears throat> our next play comes from Tom Mizraka of California. Tom grew up one town over from the Boston Strangler and now lives around the corner from Charles Manson's Los Feliz murder site. Sheesh, I hope he doesn't drink the water. I think it might be too late for that. You be the judge. Entity by Tom Mizraka.
3: This is really the bowels of the place. You you don't say too much, do you? Thank you. Uh, I'll give you a shout if I run into any problems, but I'm sure I'll be fine.
0: They aren't much for conversation here. Uh,
3: Sam Corson?
0: Who wants to know? Uh, My
3: name's Dylan Brooks. I'm a reporter for the Cincinnati Chronicle. I'm not sure if you're familiar with my work. I only read the funny pages. Oh, I don't blame you. The news is depressing. Yeah, it's filled with very bad things. And uh, about a year ago, you were one of those
0: very bad things. Has it been a year already? How fast times flies when you're... Never see the sun. Do you remember what you did, or, or rather what you were accused
3: of doing? Remind me. They called you the Pied Piper, did you know that? I heard somebody somewhere mention it. I suggested the son of Son of Sam, or grandson of Sam. Because my name is Sam? Well, yes, but nobody ran with it. That's a shame. Well, Pied Piper was a little too common. But as reporters, we have to appeal to the lowest common denominator. Pied Piper would automatically bring images into people's minds. Like drowning rats? For a start. I like Jack and the Beanstalk better. Oh, you you like when the little guy takes on the giant? Or when the giant tries to crush the little
0: guy? I like beans. (laughs) I I bet you do. And you're a bad storyteller. You keep going off on tangents. Yes,
3: uh, I digress. Uh, The papers called you the Pied Piper because you were seen with children who disappeared. What happened to them? Well, they're assumed murdered. Assumed? The bodies were never found. So they may still be alive. Okay. Sadly, not likely. Too many
0: children missing for too long. And why is it assumed I killed them? You were the assistant at the local library. Uh, granted, they treated me like a janitor, but that's no reason to murder children. In the two
3: years you worked there, four children never made it home after school. All four of them were last seen
0: heading to the library after school. Uh, th- Lots of kids went to the library after school. Mrs. Babbitt complained that the townspeople used it like a daycare. Well, regardless, you had no alibi. Because I was at work. Is it my fault that was the scene of the crime? Nor could you account for your whereabouts on the evenings of the disappearances. So I'm being punished because I like to go home after work and vegetate in front of the television. Does that mean most Americans are murderers? Perhaps. At the least, they're slowly killing themselves. The police had no evidence.
3: The town needed a scapegoat. And when the police searched your home and found all those books on the occult... I like ghost stories. The town didn't see it that way. Plus, your behavior after you were taken in for questioning I don't
0: remember that.
3: Well, let's just say there's a reason you're in a mental institution.
0: That still doesn't make me a murderer.
3: You've been incarcerated for a year, and in that time, no more children have vanished. Children vanish all the time. But no longer from this crime scene. This makes you guilty in the court of public opinion. And in Dylan Brooks's opinion? Yes. I think you killed those children, but for a reason nobody would ever guess. What reason is that? No idea, but I'm hoping you'll tell me. You want a confession and exclusive? Yes. What do you have to lose? You'll be in this place the rest of your life. They'll never let you stand trial. And if if you have an ounce of remorse, you'd allow me to bring some closure to the families who lost children.
0: And if I have no remorse? Well, then do it to brag about it. You got away with it. You killed four kids. I did not kill any of them. Okay, then
3: we'll work a new angle. Let's get you exonerated. Make the world feel guilty for locking away an
0: innocent man. I never said I was innocent
3: you telling me there were others involved? That you were an accomplice? There were many involved. Some kind of occult thing? Oh, that would be great. People eat that shit up. Do you kiss your daughter with that mouth? Oh, sorry, I uh, should watch my language when I'm interviewing.
0: So, it was an occult thing? Some would call it that. Others would call it other things. Speaking in riddles. That's great! I'd love some Silence of the Lambs-type quotes. You watch too many movies, Mr. Brooks.
3: I wanted to be a film critic, but those positions rarely open up. But you have a blog for
0: film reviews. Do they allow you internet access in here? No, but you seem the type to have a blog, and you're hoping this interview will become a book that you can turn into a movie.
3: Well, every story I write I hope will become something more. But, But now, Mr. Corson, it's you who is going off on tangents. I want to know who murdered those children. They did. They did? And they are your cult? In a sense. Where might one find these they? Anywhere, everywhere, nowhere. Great quote! What else can you tell me about the murderers? They're They're still here. Still in the town? No, they're here. Now. In the hospital? At the moment. I get it. Are the murderers your other personalities?
0: I wasn't diagnosed with multiple personality disorder. Maybe they weren't looking for it. Are the murderers other
3: parts of you? At times. Oh, keep going. I'm going to have the scoop of the decade. Your wife will be so happy. Oh, trying to psych me out, huh? No need to do that. I I just want to share your story. Make you famous. Or infamous. Is there a difference? These days, there isn't. So, do you know how many of these they there are? Hundreds. Hundreds? You're going to put Sybil to shame. What is your most dominant personality? It is not a personality. Of course it isn't, no. It is an entity. An entity? A demon. Oh baby, this keeps getting better and better. People love the Devil Made Me Do It
0: stories. I never sensed him among them. But you are possessed. No, they speak to me, they guide me. Uh, I am their eyes and ears. Their scout, you may say. At times, they would enter me. They took your body by force? (laughs) Well, as they say, you can't rape the willing. That will
3: greatly offend our women readers. I have to use it!
0: So, how did you murder those children? Why weren't their bodies ever found? They needed sacrifices. I selected children from the library. The entities enter the children and take them. Are you saying your demons? Possessed the children
3: and made them kill themselves.
0: Is that how you want your article to read? I wanted to read the truth. If these kids took their own lives, where did their bodies go? I don't know. They never told me. I suspect they were devoured. Cannibalism? If a demon eats a human, is it still cannibalism?
3: This story isn't going to fly. I need more. Maybe you ate the children, melted down their bones or something.
0: Don't be disgusting. I told you my suspicions. But nobody's going to believe it, especially if I don't. Then we'll have to make you A believer. Oh,
3: and um, how are we going to do that? Perhaps they need to pay a visit on your
0: daughter. Did
3: I give you some type of tell when you said daughter? I try not to
0: do that. Your daughter is at home with your wife right now. Your wife is also a reporter, and I bet you're jealous that she has a book deal and you don't. Oh, right. Right, you must have read that. It was in Publishers Weekly
3: though I can't see that being very popular around a mental asylum.
0: Your wife is in her office, writing away, up on the third floor. A converted room, is it? You're just guessing. Perhaps. But I'm guessing correctly, aren't I? I'm not giving you anything else. You don't have to. They are there. They see it all. Your daughter playing in her basement playroom, so far away from her mother. But she is safe. She is at home. What harm could come to her there? I got all I need for the story. Thank you, Sam. What if one of them enters your daughter? What's her name? Daisy. Isn't that cute? OK, uh, Stephen, I'm, I'm done in here. Daisy is so easy to enter. She's so warm and trusting. Come on, come on, Stevie. Don't leave me hanging. Oh, Steve is not as easy to enter. He has that security guard mentality, but, but he can be influenced. They made sure he had to go to the bathroom. He couldn't wait. Besides, you'd be in with that crazy guy for a very long time. Nice try, still not buying it. Looks like Daisy made her way into the kitchen, still so far away from your wife, who's listening to classical music as she writes. It keeps her calm and focused. Steve, Steve, get me out of here. What a beautiful kitchen you have. Recently remodeled, was it? Not a place for a child of Daisy's age, especially with all those sharp objects. I'll call the front desk. Oh, you must have connections, Dylan. Guests aren't supposed to have cell phones in here. Not that you can get any reception within these thick walls. Hello? Hello? Damn it. Shame on you and your wife for leaving carving knives in a child's reach. But I'm sure Daisy knows better than to play with them. The entities, on the other hand, her hands look even tinier when she's holding such a large knife. Steve, anybody
3: get me out of here! How
0: easy to slash such tiny wrists. Shut up! So tender. Shut up! So much blood. Shut up, you sick son of a bitch! Funny, I have no idea which artery would do the most damage, but they do. They went right for it. So much blood in such a tiny girl. It almost... Oh, it doesn't take much for her to fall unconscious. Even they can't control a body close to death. They watch from above. As a film critic, Dylan, you'd love this. A puddle of red blood, and in the center, a pale figure dressed in white. No, no, you're just messing with my head. Actually, they're messing with your wife's head. Now they're giving her a sense something is wrong. They want her to find the body this time for your sake. No! no. Oh, what a horrible sight for a mother to find. How can her mind process it? What to do? Oh, one would say she'd call 911, but in an irrational time, she may call somebody else. I'm amazed you got reception in here. It's your wife, isn't it? Aren't you going to answer it?
1: Yes, he definitely drank the water.
2: Or something. Maybe he ate the sinew. What sinew?
3: I don't know. What sinew with you?
2: Oh, well, that sinew up there.
3: Moving along, it's time for... The Meaningfully Meaningless Minute. A piece of odd information that we read or heard and found both meaningful... And meaningless tonight. Since we are in a presumably haunted bar... It makes sense to talk about some of the other haunted places here in Chicago, like my closet.
2: Yeah, are there dolls in there? Wow. Uh, no- ch- oh, all right, I enough love the dolls, my dad. Enough of the dolls. It's wah, quiz time. Wah. Quiz
1: time for so, the audience. Wah, wah. What are your wah. some of your favorite haunted places here in Chicago, audience? Come on, shout them out. Shout them
0: out. Anybody have any haunted places they
2: like?
1: The what? Yeah.
0: The Oriental Oriental Theater. Theater. That's
2: a good one. one.
1: Graceland Cemetery. Graceland Cemetery. Cemetery. How appropriate you mention that one. Why? Because?
3: Without a doubt, the most famous sculpture in Graceland Cemetery is the one of Inez Clark. Legend has it, Inez died in 1880 at the age of six. Of? Picnic. Lightning. Ah. Ah. Her parents, stunned by their loss, commissioned a life-size statue of the girl sitting on a small stool in her favorite dress, carrying a little umbrella thingy. Parasol? Whatever.
1: And she's sort of smiling creepily. Well, people say the area
3: around Inez Clark's resting place is haunted. There are strange sounds. And they claim the statue of Inez actually moves. People also say they hear disembodied weeping.
0: But that's not the scariest part. I'm
3: getting to it. It is said that Inez will sometimes vanish from inside of the glass box during particularly bad thunderstorms. Many a night watchman have attested to the box being empty, only to find her back in place when they pass by again or the following morning.
1: There are other stories that claim visitors to Graceland spot a little girl playing in the cemetery. Or children have said they've met a little girl wearing old-fashioned clothes playing near the monument.
0: Of course, there's only one problem. No one named Inez Clark is even buried in Graceland Cemetery. In fact, there might never have been an Inez Clark at all. Not even the U.S. Census records show that she was alive. Not even her own mother. Current cemetery records show that an eight-year-old boy named Amos Briggs is buried at the site marked by the Erie Monument.
2: So, why is the statue there at Graceland?
3: Word has it, it was an advertisement for a Scottish monument maker named Andrew Gage, who completed the statue in 1881. It may have been placed in a section of the cemetery that had a lot of foot traffic at the time, and no one ever took it down.
2: Ah, uh,
1: Chicagoans. Well, we did reelect a public official that was still in a coma. Just saying.
0: They don't forget the dead voters. Yeah, I even heard some registered their dogs to vote.
1: Well, my cat just got a credit card application.
0: All right, all right. Well, uh,
3: speaking of dogs, on to our next piece: "A Boy and His Dog" by Rod McFadden. After earning a degree in playwriting from UCLA in 1982, Rod McFadden had a tragically successful retail career for the next 26 years. Until he retired in 2009, he had not actually written anything. But since then, he's made his professors proud, the ones that are still alive anyway.
1: David, it's pouring. We'll run to the car. Oh, let's go back in and wait until it stops. The motel
0: said no late check-in. We can only we have till 10. Come on.
1: Oh, my hair is getting soaked. I'll get
0: your door. Hop in. You're OK to drive. Of course. I'll get us to the motel in time. Well,
1: just take it easy, David. It's dark, it's rainy. You don't know these roads. I'm not as think as you drunk I am. Kidding. <laughs> Lighten up. Well, you should have skipped that last martini.
0: I'm fine to drive. Better than fine. Watch this.
1: Oh, slow down. David, stop it. See nothing to it. Look, Ma. One hand. Please, David. No hand! Stop it. Slow down. David, watch out there. Ha- oh, oh, my god. Oh.
0: Mary, are you OK? Mary. Mary.
1: I think so. Oh, it's my forehead bleeding.
0: No, but there's a big bump coming up.
1: Oh, I told you to slow down. It wasn't
0: my fault that deer jumped into the road. You saw it.
1: It wasn't a deer. It was a a big dog. Oh, you didn't hit it, did you? I don't
0: know. Maybe.
1: Oh, well, go and see. What if it needs help? All what right. If-
0: okay, I'll check. It's it's not here. I don't see it. Nothing there, honey. Did you hear me?
1: Yeah, I heard. It, it's just I swear you hit it.
0: Well, if I did, it must have got up and ran into the woods. Honey, are you sure you're okay? I'm
1: fine. Some something seems I I don't know. My my head is throbbing. I can't focus. Just get me to the hotel so I can lie down in one piece, please. Oh, that's great. It'll
0: start, I'll turn the headlights off. Give the ignition all the battery power.
1: Ah, oh, wow. It is pitch black without Come those on, headlights.
0: Come start up, baby, you can do it.
1: I am not walking back to the bar in the rain.
0: You won't have to. There, see what I tell you.
1: Oh, thank God for small miracles. Now turn the headlights back on and let's go.
0: Let there be light. Ah!
1: It's a a boy. Oh, God, he scared me. Where'd he come from? What's he doing here in the middle of the road? He's coming toward the car. Oh, David, what are we going to do? Well, let's find out what he wants. David, put that window back up. Don't be ridiculous. He's a little boy. Put it up. Get off me! What are you doing? Putting the window up now. Just keep it up. Okay, but get back over there. Hey, hey. Where'd he go? I, I don't see him anymore. He's gone.
0: Ah!
2: <coughs> Whoa! Well, well, what do you want from us? Can you help me? I lost my dog. He got through the fence. I've got to find him. A, a dog? Yeah, my dog King. He's the best dog ever. I had him near my whole life. I think I seen him running this way.
0: There was a dog. I think it ran right in front of our car.
2: You didn't run him over, did you, mister? You didn't run over, King? He came out from nowhere, right right in front of us. You didn't run him over, did you? No,
0: no, we thought maybe, but he, I looked and he, we must have just missed him. He must have ran into the woods, I think.
2: Which way, tell me, I gotta find him.
0: Now listen, son. Uh, What's your name? Kyle. Well, you listen, Kyle. You can't be running around out in the dark. It's not safe. You get in the back seat. We'll take you home. You can look for King in the morning. David, I don't know about this. Mary, we can't leave him here, right? Get in the car, Kyle, and we'll... Kyle? Kyle? He must have run off into the woods after the dog. Stay here. I'm going to go find him. No!
1: No, leave it, David. Let's just get to the motel and and they can call the police. Let them find him. Okay,
0: okay. I guess you're right. Anyone here? Can we still check in? It's only a quarter after. Hello? I know we're late, but...
3: All right, all right, I'll be there in a minute.
0: We had a reservation for tonight. Yeah, till 10 o'clock you did, that's right. We can still get a room, can't we? The, the sign, vacancy sign says vacancy. Yeah, yeah, sign the book. Put your name and license plate number there. You'll be in room eight.
1: Sorry, we're late, but we hit a dog down the road.
0: A dog, you see? Yeah, there was a young boy chasing it. The police, they should go bring him home. Is there a phone we can use? He
1: ran into the woods before we no, could
0: do- No, no, sheriff won't do nothing. Well, but he's alone out there. Said his name was Kyle and a big dog, I thought it was a deer. What do you say the dog's name was, honey?
3: Yeah, King. The dog was King. So you know him? Yeah, most folks around here know about Kyle Miller and King.
1: It's dangerous for him to be out there. We need to call the sheriff. No,
3: ma'am. Nothing more can happen to Kyle Miller. He died 20 years ago. It was a rainy night, a lot like this one. His dog got out and a car hit it just down the road. Little Kyle found King and was there, right in the middle of the road, holding his dog, crying. Well, that was when another car comes speeding around the corner, and uh, boy, really loved that dog. They bared him together over in Cedar Woods.
1: But we, we saw him. I spoke to him.
3: Well, you ain't the first to see Kyle Miller chasing King on a rainy night. I imagine you won't be the last. Yeah, don't forget your keys, roommate. You two, uh, enjoy your stay, make sure you lock the door and close the window tight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think the spirit is pissed.
1: No, no, she's just thirsty. Just get her a drink. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to engage in a little banter here about the bar we're in for the benefit of the future listening audience. uh, While you get a refill, and remember, as Scott said, a portion of the proceeds from the bar sales tonight benefits Small Fish Radio. So get drinking.
0: Drink up. Yes, drink up here at the Lost Souls Tavern. So we've got uh, animal heads up behind the bar and a bunch of Dolls.
2: Yes. Scare, I'm sure that's your favorite. Many, 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 many I bet Scott, yes. if I asked real nice, I, 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 I think. Give I think they're just dummies.
0: You. I think that's what they are. I think dummies. the
2: animal heads are
1: real, though. I think you they're You think, think so? Yeah, they look like dummies new. to I don't me. I remember, yeah. well, it's hard to know.
0: I don't know. Well speaking of dummies, we're back and we're gonna <laughs>
1: what? move on.
0: Our next play is called Resurrection for Dummies by Rhea McCallum. Rhea McCallum discovered her love of theater by following a Marlon Brando look-alike into a dark room. She currently resides in the suburban wasteland between downtown LA and the hauntiest place on earth. She dedicates all her writing to her fur monster, Xander.
3: Is this where you buy tickets? Uh, for the tour? of the Yeah,
0: yeah, last run's about to leave. I I see you came prepared. Most people have to rent the slicker. I guess you've been here before. Well, just
3: once, uh, to claim the body. Excuse me? My father. He was murdered at the Falls. Oh,
0: dude, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. You didn't do it, did ya? No. Uh, Well, the bus will take you over, let you off. There's a guide who'll point out some of the highlights if you're interested. Be sure to look at the rainbow the rainbow. Yeah, it's there even at night. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, does the bus take you right up to the excavation landing? It or stops you... at the main landing. You have your own map? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the bus stops there and... Uh, you... you see the excavation landing is just north.
3: Uh, not very far. Oh, great. And I should be able to get to the landing before midnight, right? Uh,
0: definitely. Because I have to get there before midnight. I need time to set up. Well, um, you know you can't be camping over there, right? The bus will bring you back around 1230? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I, I'm not gonna camp out.
3: Oh, oh no, no, that's, that's not, it's not camping gear. No, really, it's, it's, it's my father. Your
0: father? Yeah. Oh, please, I've seen better skeletons in old Vincent Price movies. But it's really my father. Yeah, sure it is. Well, but it... it God, it, I hate working Halloween. It is! Just do me a favor. Don't do anything weird over there, okay? Okay. You got a flashlight? No. The main light's cut out around midnight, so if you're afraid of the dark, we recommend you're back at the bus before midnight. I'm not afraid. Good for you, but we require you carry a flashlight at all times. Well, I didn't bring a flashlight. I don't have a flashlight. I have to go tonight. You and can it- borrow one for a nominal defo- deposit fee of $5.00. For a return of your deposit, just come see me at the end of the tour. All right, then. Ten for the ticket, five for the flashlight. That'll be $15, please. Oh, make it 30 I need tickets and flashlights for two. And the other ticket would be four... My father. Of course it is. That'll be $15. No. I want two tickets and two flashlights. Look, if this is a scam for flashlights, there's a shop and drop down the road. It's not a scam. And that's your father? Right. And he needs his own ticket and his own flashlight? Yes. Where's the camera? What camera? Is this a new punk show or something? There's no camera. Boys behaving badly? I don't know what you're talking about. Fine. Two tickets, two flashlights, $30. Thanks. It's your money.
3: almost there, Dad. Okay, this looks like it. Ready, Dad? Okay, we, we got the blanket. No, 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 you can't be stuck. Oh, oh. sorry, Dad. Okay, let's get you all laid out here. Okay. Comfy? All right, won't be long now. <clears throat> let's see. Resurrection for dummies. Boy, they really do make these dummy books for everything. Uh, conjure a parental unit. Return the deceased to the place where his life was taken. Check. Lay him on familiar material. Check. Encircle deceased with Kyoto powder. <coughs> oh, that's gross. Oh, um, African ginger. Cool, oh, that's sweet. I wonder what it. Tastes t- nasty. Oh, poor mini attar oil in bowl. Okay. White lotus oil. Invocation powder. Oh, sorry, sorry. Slippery little jar. Oh, okay. What's next? Onion salt. Onion salt? All right. Blood of loved one. You better appreciate this, Tad. Okay, blood of loved one
4: in the
3: eyes. Place the cross of the ancestors. Spread mixture. Okay, here we go. Time for me to dance. Alright, here where he was slain, so shall he arise. When one is killed in vain not long will he be left to lie, a loved one of true heart may seek thy spirit's return, back to the life once departed, a second chance so did they earn, here where he was slain, so shall he arise, when one is killed in vain, not long will he be left to lie. I'll be right with you. We'd like our deposit money back. Holy! Or $10? You're you're joking, right? I mean. You said if I brought back the flashlights, you'd return my deposit. No. Him. How? Return the deposit. Here, take it! Take it! Come on, Dad, let's get you home. Mom's gonna be so surprised to
1: see you. I'll say she's the one who killed me. What?
3: Small fish group. A weekly analysis of what you've just heard by the cast. So bones. A question. How could the body be reduced simply to bones, Joy? Maggots. The The efficacy of maggots. In approximately what amount of time would you think it would take to get all the flesh off a body,
0: Miss Kitten?
2: Five to ten years. The
0: average time for a body to decompose. Are you looking at the internet, Green? I'm looking on the internet. At
3: last we have some facts. But your internet is too slow. Joy, can you comment on any other front?
0: After the body is dead, it becomes fluid. But that's fluid.
3: That would be a lot of fluid, not just bones. Joy, what other methods might be used besides maggots?
1: Hydrochloric acid. But
3: would that not destroy the bones as well?
1: Oh no, because you rinse. You rinse quickly. Hmm,
3: but how long would it take?
1: Six weeks. I agree, six weeks.
3: And is this from your so-called internet? Miss Kitten, you are uncharacteristically silent.
2: Well, I said six weeks to begin with, and these two are crazy. I think it will take less time than the next Republican debate. But what about the toenails? Don't toenails keep growing?
3: Ah, yes. The toenail. On to our next play.
0: Home Burial by Trina Kakasik. Trina is a native Chicagoan whose relatives are buried in some really odd places around town. In fact, legend has it her Aunt Red is buried in a Neiman Marcus bag. Uh, uh,
1: uh, He's so thin, you'd think he'd weigh
2: less. Where are we putting him? Uh, On the table. Ready? One, two, three.
1: Uh, uh, It sure didn't take long, did it?
2: No, you were right all along. The morphine certainly did speed things up. The sale at Harrods ends this week, too, just in time. Oh, yes, but first things
1: first, we should discuss the toenail. I think you should do it. Oh, no. Oh, this Will says the toenail is bequeathed to the chaps at the pub. It says when you retrieve the Picasso, a.k.a. the toenail, bring it to Giles at the pub in exchange for the key to the money box.
2: From the looks of this, we've got a lot of hoops to jump through to get that money box, let alone getting the key to open it. (gasps) Heavens! Heavens. He's alive! Papa! Papa,
1: are you alive? Just trapped gas. He uh, rather was an old windbag.
2: Oh God! Close his mouth. Close its hanging open. What's next?
1: It says wash and
2: groom the body. Well, that means we have to touch him while he's dead. Bastard! Oh language! Who is it?
0: It's Mort the the Mortician. I've come to take your corpse. The longer you wait, the colder he'll get. But we're here to serve, so don't you fret.
1: Who are you? I said I'm Mort. We don't know anyone by that name.
0: That's why I'm here. What for? To help you with the burial, of course. We're not
1: burying anyone.
0: Sorry, cremation then, good for you. That is far more cost effective. You know the saying, don't you? When it's your turn, consider an urn. If we all choose plot, space the ground will have not. I assume you've got your permit. Permit? Which means you've got your signature. Signature? The doctor's signature for the permit to transport a corpse in a personal vehicle. Standard for home burial. Otherwise you'll get caught, there'll be a murder investigation, very time consuming. Oh my, look at this toenail! Your father was clearly an artist.
2: His toenail is none of your business.
0: I beg to differ. Toenails are definitely our business, as is that slack jaw, the impending smell, and the rigor mortis that will be settling in, not to mention the trauma of bringing him down all four flights of stairs without dropping him. After all, once you're dead, your every is lead. I can do the toenail for 29 quid, the jaw for a hundred, have the body safely removed for another hundred.
1: You haven't told us how you knew he was dead.
0: Well look at him, he's clearly dead. So your permit, when does it expire?
2: We don't have a permit.
0: Blimey, he's going to stink up the place sooner than later and a permit can take up to 24 hours.
2: Well how do we get one?
0: I'll tell you for a hundred.
2: You know, we had a corpse. Does it matter? Even if we wanted your help, which we don't,
1: we don't even have money to pay you. To get the money he left us, we've got to do it ourselves and find the clues to where the money is located on his person. So, if you'd kindly leave us. To I just...
0: promise it won't cost too much. Uh, might I have a look at what he's asking you to do? First. Retrieve the Picasso.
2: That's the toenail.
0: Wash and groom the body. Oh, bastard. Uh, then Language. seek the spotted mole. Mm. Follow the prominent vein north where you will find the location of the key to the money box.
1: Sick, twisted
0: bugger. I'll do the whole list for 500 and tell you how to get a rush permit for an extra
1: 250. Look, sir, we don't even know how much money is in the box. Oh,
0: I assure you, there's plenty of money in the box.
1: So. There's plenty of money in the box,
2: is there? How might you possess this information? If you're hunting down corpses, you've got to be frequenting establishments where the potential corpses are.
0: Guilty as charged. This economy, home burials, things are tough all around. Uh, Speaking of tough, there's a matter of this toenail.
1: He has got a point. Fine. Start with the Picasso there.
0: Oh, this is some tough toenail. My goodness, this is a tough toenail.
1: Oh, where did it go? Oh, there, in the (laughs) fishbowl. You go pick it up now. You pick it up.
0: Ah, for ten quid, I'll pick it up.
1: Fine.
0: Now, the spotted mole. Ah, Eureka! Now, to follow the prominent vein, north. Oh, my. What? Tattoo. (sighs) Where? Right.
2: Bastard.
0: I think you should do the honors. Honors?
1: Read it.
2: I am not reading my father's bum, skinny as it may be.
1: We'll give you an extra hundred to read it. He clearly has a reason for doing this. Two hundred. Sometimes the dead have things to say. Three hundred, and we don't tell the blokes at the pub you're a corpse stalker. Deal. Ahem. There once was a sick, twisted
0: cad who didn't appreciate the daughters he had. Upon his deathbed, all things left unsaid were making him feel rather sad. Oh. So the key, where's the key? The box that I'm leaving for thee at the pub in the pool all will be. Just look under the stuffed moose, then find the board that is loose. There the box full of money you'll see. The purpose of this little event was to make sure some more time would be spent with the girls that I love as they look down from above and wonder where all the time went. Sick,
2: twisted. Bastard!
0: (laughs) So here's your permit. It'll cost you 2,000, and if you don't mind, I'll be off.
1: Wait! The Picasso, may I have it please? We need
0: uh, to... I seem to have misplaced it. Uh, Like I said, 2,000 and I'll be on my way. Wait
2: a minute! You said two fifty. dollars
0: uh, 50 Circumstances have changed now, haven't they?
2: Oh, just because now there might be money, is that it? A man's gonna make a living. We'll find someone who isn't a cheat to write our permit. Now, please, the toenail.
0: When you give me the money, I'll give you the toenail. Ah! Ah! Oh, this is unexpected. Sir, wait, what
2: are you doing? Papa! alive oh dear papa what are you doing if i didn't know better i'd say
1: he's trying to protect us thank you so much papa it's about time
4: i love you
2: we We love love you too. too Oh papa, isn't it just like you to become a zombie? Papa, eat the man after he gives us the Picasso. Fine, fine, here it is. Oh, oh, just oh, just let
0: me go, please! Thank you.
1: Oh. Oh, Papa, you've torn off his arm. Oh, Papa, you mustn't eat
2: it! Oh papa! Now you've broken the other one! You were always were the one to break just about everything, weren't you? Sir,
1: if I were you, I would definitely run.
2: Go on, Papa! Get him! Go on! Oh, that will teach him to store corpses! Have you got the Picasso? Indeed. Let's head over to the pub, shall we? And then to the sale at Harrods. <laughs>
0: Anybody hungry?
3: (laughs) Which brings us to our next play, Acquired Taste by Terry Salucky. Terry Salucky is a playwright, essayist, and screenwriter currently living in L.A. She misses the brilliant minds in Chicago, where she is from.
0: I didn't always like the taste of flesh. When I met Beth, all I wanted was for her to love me. There'd always been that empty space that I'd tried to fill in so many ways. Maybe she was it.
3: Oh, my baby Jesus in heaven, John, where have you been? I nearly sold your table. Just making friends,
0: River. Isn't that a good thing?
3: It's awful. I hate your new friends.
1: Hi there.
0: Oh. It's been a while, but I finally decided that Beth is someone I can share with you, River. Beth, this is River, the owner and operator of Plant Nation, my favorite restaurant in the entire Midwest. How do you do? She looks
3: left-leaning, and the Hermes knockoff almost convinced me I like her. Here, your table's open.
0: I'd never dated someone like her. She was beautiful, stylish, smart, funny, and she was a meat eater.
1: What is Satan?
0: You mean the Dark Lord? I guess it's only funny if you know what it is. It's tofu.
1: I thought tofu was tofu. Uh, where's the non-tofu section, babe? It's vegan. I'm vegan. It's my favorite place. This
0: is big. I never take anyone here.
1: Oh, it's great.
0: You're gonna like it. I promise. That was the first of many promises I would break to Beth. She hated it. Afterwards, we drove through at the A and W.
3: Thank you for coming in, Can you take your order,
1: please? <laughs> large, large. <laughs> But I loved her anyway,
0: just the way she was. And she loved me with a few caveats. We tried Plant Nation again, and this time I heard her tiny, almost imperceptible disappointment. My friends! I'll have the veggie pod quinoa, please. (sighs) <sighs> there was always the requisite stop before home. May you coming in, W? can I have your for
3: it?
1: <laughs>
0: Jumbo! My veggie habit mm, was going mm, to give mm, her mm, a mm, heart mm, attack, mm, and her disappointment <sighs> wasn't just when we went to Plant Nation. Welcome to Chez Julien, what will you be having? Up the sirloin, please. I'll have the pay risotto. Mm. I'd gone vegan for the love of all things, but now the thing I loved most was slipping through my fingers because of it. I had to try something new.
1: It's really loud, but I said, "Cool place." all the meats
3: himself. Hey, I'm Rocco. <laughs>
1: he told me that he'd hire me if I'm ever out of work. Oh, that's really nice of Rocco.
0: Yep, bye.
1: <laughs> what do you want to get? The platters are really big, so we can probably share.
0: She knew what she was doing, and I knew she knew, and she knew I knew. I don't know what Rocco knew. But Beth and I were testing each other, and I was going to pass. Whatever you want, babe. And this time, I didn't hear a sigh. I heard love. We were married the next year. Something in us changed. We were happier. She, possibly convinced of my growing virility, the kind that made Rocco smoke meats all day me i felt that virility i felt a hunger i hadn't had in years in fact that emptiness i mentioned it had grown i was insatiable i just kept getting hungrier i ate and ate one day when beth was working late i ate ribs bacon pork i probably ate a whole pig and i was still hungry
1: hi You here, babe? I'm in here. Oh, why are you sitting in the kitchen with the lights off?
0: I was hungry. I couldn't move.
1: Oh, don't be dramatic. There's string cheese in the fridge. No! Babe, are you all right? I said I'm hungry! Okay, well, how about a grilled cheese? No! Well, we haven't gone grocery shopping in a week. We don't really have anything. Meat! I need meat! Oh, you need protein. Well, we might have some old tofu. Meat! What the? me
0: you are hurt
1: yeah the edge of the pan got my arm that really hurts John John can you hand me the towel John, John!
0: <laughs> she made the empty space go away. I will be forever grateful to her for that. And now we'll be together, at least for the next 24 to 36 hours. And then I'll be hungry again. In the tavern of lost souls, he's still immortalized on the wall, trapped in the mural of the deer hunter's ball. In the tavern of lost souls, two spirits yearn to be together, to reunite a love. They thought would last forever In the Tavern of Lost Souls
3: So that's all from the Tavern of Lost Souls. If you like what you heard, head to our website at www.smallfishradio.com or find us on iTunes. Wherever you go to listen, it's
0: always... Free! free! And check out us on Facebook. <laughs> Click the thumbs up and tell us you like a Small Fish Radio Theater giving voice to small fish in the big pond. If you're a small fish, check out our submissions page.
2: And write something for us.
0: Tonight's program has featured the talents of Kat Dean, Michael Herzovi, Joy Fabjornsson-Coates, and Michael John Kelly. Directing
3: and sound design by Trina Kakasek. Special thanks to White Crane Wellness Center for Rehearsal Space and the Swedish-American Museum. And special thanks to Scott Martin and Simon's Tavern. <laughs> Small, Fish. Small Fish Radio Theater is produced by Michael John Kelly and Trina Kakasik. Thanks, everybody. Good night, everybody.